Welcome to the first episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Massline, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about the stars of Week 10. We're going to be talking about what fantasy managers should be doing to prepare for the playoffs or to make that playoff push. And then finally, we're going to end the episode with some players who I think you should start in Week 11 and some players who I think you should sit. But before we get started, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about myself. I'm a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan, so this season has been interesting, to say the least. It's also been very interesting for my fantasy football teams. I'm in three leagues right now. I'm in an eight-team IDP league, a 10-team PPR league, and a 16-team PPR league. I've got to say the eight-team IDP league is PPR as well. So it's been interesting managing a variety of teams in all different kinds of leagues. And like many fantasy managers this year, I have dealt with some injuries on all of my teams. All of my first round picks have missed significant time. McCaffrey, Barkley, Nick Chubb. And even going beyond that, I've drafted guys like George Kittle, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Kenny Galladay. Not been ideal. So if you're in a less than stellar situation because of injuries, I totally totally understand that. But to be a bit more positive now, we're going to start off this episode talking about the star of the week for week 11. It's one of the highest scoring players this past week, one of the best players in the entire NFL. DeAndre Hopkins can't talk about week 10 of the 2020 NFL season without bringing up DeAndre Hopkins. He had an absolutely amazing performance against the Buffalo Bills, capped it off with that phenomenal touchdown grab over three Bills defenders. Certainly catch of the year, probably play of the year, finished the game with 12 targets, seven receptions, 127 yards, and one touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins was either a first-round pick or an early second-round pick in your league. So you're going to start him going forward if you have him. This week specifically, I think he's going to be great. The Seattle secondary really isn't that good. So I would expect the Cardinals to be passing a lot. Generally, they do pass most of the time. They have a lot of weapons on that offense. I, I could see a, another huge game for DeAndre Hopkins in Week 11. Then the honorable, honorable mention, guy who wasn't the highest scoring player in Week 10, but I think deserves a bit more attention. Guy who I have on one of my teams, J.D. McKissick, running back for the Washington football team. As a rusher, you know, not really that great. Last week against the Lions, eight attempts, six yards, a touchdown. Touchdown helps a lot, obviously. But McKissick does most of his damage through the air. Targeted 15 times against Detroit. The week before, he was targeted 14 times. That was against the New York Giants. But in week 10, he finished with seven receptions for 43 yards. He's golden PPR. And I think things are only going to get better for him with Alex Smith, a quarterback. Alex Smith, a guy who generally is known for check down passes, playing a bit more conservatively. But in terms of the snap percentage, I think that's going to be the huge thing for McKissick going forward. He's been splitting carries with 
Antonio Gibson for the entire season, the rookie out of Memphis, another running back receiver, like converted player. And I was expecting a 50-50 split for most of the season. But since Alex Smith took over, for the most part, it's been the J.D. McKissick show. Against the Giants, he played on 83% of offensive snaps and against the Lions, played 70%. I think going forward, it's going to end out around 60-40 in favor of McKissick. And as someone who has McKissick, obviously I'd like more, but being realistic, I think it's going to be either 50-50 or 60-40 in favor of one of them, probably McKissick. Going forward, he's at worst, I'd say a flex in most leagues. If you're in a deeper league, he could be in that RB2 territory. If you need someone who can fill in for a bye week, this week you have guys like Jarek McKinnon, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert's hurt right now, but he's still on bye from the San Francisco 49ers. When you have those guys on bye, J.D. McKissick is a guy who I would be perfectly comfortable plugging in. Bare minimum, he's a flex. I really like him going forward. That was week 11. You're probably in one of three positions for the playoffs. You're either basically a lock for playoffs at this point. You're trying to make that playoff push. Or you technically may still have a chance mathematically, but you need a lot of things to go your way in order for that to happen. I'm totally not basing this off of a scenario that I'm in right now. But in all seriousness, though, based on whatever position you're in in your league or leagues, there are certain things that you should be doing. If you probably won't make playoffs, your best move is just to have fun with it. Put out your best lineup every week. If you're playing some teams who are making a playoff push, who knows? Maybe you cause that upset that just changes the entire playoff picture. If you're pushing for the playoffs, you need to make a big move now if your trade deadline has not passed. I know in some leagues, the trade deadline has passed. And if you are at risk of missing the playoffs where you think you have a serious shot at making it if you make a move, make that move. There are a lot of guys who you could probably buy low on right now. Some big names. I think the two biggest names who you could buy low on right now are Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas. Zeke coming off a buy with Andy Dalton coming back at quarterback. I think he's going to get better. I don't think he's going to be RB1. Definitely not a guy who his output is going to be worth a first round pick. But I think he could still be a solid RB2 going forward. I know there have been some Zeke managers who just absolutely hate it this year, rightfully so. I think this could be one of the last weeks where you could get Zeke for a steal. You're obviously not going to be able to get him for your team for nothing, but I think this is going to be one of the last weeks where, you know, you'll be able to get him for a price that if he ends up having pretty good season for the rest of the year, people are going to be like, wow, that was a very good move. I think the same thing goes for Michael Thomas. The joke is he just only runs slants. Maybe this week with Jameis Winston, it'll be goes. And even though there is some risk with Michael Thomas, he hasn't been 
great these past two weeks, I think he's still worth thinking about. If you have enough receiver depth, I would consider trying to push for a trade for a guy like Michael Thomas. The last position that you could be in, you're basically a lock for the playoffs. So if you can afford to take a few losses and make some moves that would benefit you long-term, specifically in the playoffs, that could be huge. There are certainly some league winners out there who you could get for a pretty good deal. Primarily, there are a lot of injured players who are supposed to be coming back week 12, week 13. Guys like Austin Eckler, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, a lot of running backs who, you know, going forward could be pretty good. Austin Eckler, probably a first-round pick in your league. Going forward, I don't know how I feel about Austin Eckler. He's not a guy who, if I was in that position, I would be specifically targeting. The Chargers' backfield has been kind of a mess, and I don't know if that injury is going to be lingering. So Eckler is a guy who, you know, if you think it's worth the risk, go for Austin Eckler. But personally, I would not be targeting him. Miles Gaskin, another guy who, you know, he could be an RB2. Before he got hurt, he was an RB2, and I like his schedule. But the only concern for me is the chance that the Dolphins end up going with some form of by committee or at least involve guys like Matt Breida and Salvin Ahmed more in the offense to the point where Gaskin isn't really the only guy getting carries. Salvin Ahmed looked great last week. Matt Breida is supposed to be coming back from injury, and I would assume he's he's not going to be your bell cow running back, but he will play a significant role as a receiving back. Generally, Miles Gaskin, you probably would not have to give up much to get him at this point because of those risks and because of the risk that he stays on IR longer than week 12. But if they don't go with by committee when he comes back, it could be worth it. And the guy who I would be targeting at this point, Raheem Mostert. He is clearly the number one running back for the San Francisco 49ers when he's healthy. Since he got hurt, they've been going completely by committee. Whoever has the hot hand. And, you know, that could be Jarek McKinnon. Could be Tevin Coleman. Could be Jeff Wilson. It can be a nightmare to manage this. But Raheem Mostert on the season, in only four games, 303 yards, touchdown. Receiving-wise, he's been pretty good, too. So, Raheem Mostert, you might need to give up a bit more to add Raheem Mostert at this point, especially because he's going to be coming back very soon. There were rumors that he was going to come back week 10, ended up not happening. But I could see Raheem Mostert as a league winner. So if you, obviously it depends on what the person has in your league, what you have. You can try to figure out something that works for both sides, ideally. But Raheem Mostert, he's a guy who I could see maybe as a league winner. If you have him as your flex, you are in a great position. I think he could be an RB2 towards the end of the year. Now we're going to end this episode off 
with some start and sit players for week 11. We're going to go one running back, one receiver, one tight end, one quarterback for each. Let's start off with a guy who I'm starting. Quarterback is a bi-week fill-in for Josh Allen. I'm actually starting Jameis Winston. Unless I hear that Taysom Hill is going to be starting, in which case I would certainly drop him if you can get Taysom Hill at tight end still. I don't know if they're going to do anything to change that. Jameis could be really good versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons' defense has been horrible all year. I think Jameis Winston in in a system where he has a lot of weapons, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook. The offense is great. If they go with a more aggressive game plan, I think Jameis Winston could be a top fantasy quarterback this week for streaming. So I'm perfectly fine until further notice starting Jameis Winston. Another start for this week, running backs, or running backs in this case, the Indianapolis Colts running back group. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. I wouldn't start Jordan Wilkins even. He's not a guy who's worth starting. But Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, I think, are this week. Naheem Hines had an amazing week against the Tennessee Titans in week 10. And I think there's a chance that you could get burnt by him again. He had that amazing week one against Jacksonville and then played nothing like that afterwards. I think Jonathan Taylor is the most intriguing out of the three. Obviously, I would consider starting Hines if I'm using him as a bi-week villain. Jonathan Taylor could be a, sneak, a sneaky start, though. I think this is the last chance that I'm giving him, and here's why. They're playing the Green Bay Packers. A couple weeks ago, the Green Bay Packers got demolished, single-handedly beaten by Dalvin Cook. Now, the Vikings don't have a great offensive line. It's certainly better than it's been in years past. But that game was all Dalvin Cook. The Colts have a better offensive line. I think... Over the past couple of weeks, we've kind of seen that Green Bay's weakness is their run game. And because of that, I think, the, I think that the Colts are going to be going with a run-centric game script, and that could involve a lot of Jonathan Taylor. If he's in your flex this week, I think it's a high-risk, high-reward. He has a, a decent floor. I guess you could say. But if there's one week where I think he could boom, I think it's this week. And if he doesn't, I think this is kind of the kind of the last straw for him for fantasy purposes this year. If he can't play well, assuming they have a run-centric game script, they're not utilizing him or he just play he just doesn't play well. This is kind of the last chance that I would give Jonathan Taylor, but I think he could be a sneaky good start this week. Another guy who I would be starting is Devontae Parker from the Miami Dolphins. Last week, he wasn't that great. He hasn't been amazing. 
past couple weeks, Preston Williams was the number one target before he got hurt. But two is still getting comfortable with the offense. They're playing the Denver Broncos. I'm not sure how they're going to use their running backs this week. I think it could be a it could be a two a week. And Devontae Parker, I like him going forward. I think he's a decent wide receiver three by another guy who most likely by week filling. He still sees targets, fantasy football. It's a lot about volume. A lot of it is about volume. So I like Devontae Parker. Then one last guy, tight end, who I am starting this week, Eric Ebron. Um, against the Bengals last week. He wasn't amazing. It was more of a receiver game. But I think this week he could turn it around. Generally, he has been pretty good recently. And a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, not that great of a defense. Given how bad tight end as a whole has been this year outside of Travis Kelsey, he's worth a start. Because he has like, 14, 15 points per game potential. And that's something that I like. If he gets a touchdown, he's going to be great. Some guys who I'm sitting this week. At quarterback, generally a guy who I do not like for fantasy purposes anyway, Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are a run-first team. That offense runs through Dalvin Cook. They have two great receivers. If you're streaming quarterbacks, there is some appeal to Kirk Cousins. But for fantasy purposes, he is not a guy who you want to depend on. In real life, he can be very efficient. Last season, he was insanely efficient. But efficiency doesn't really matter that much in fantasy football, at least with quarterbacks. So Kirk Cousins, if you absolutely need him, as your quarterback and you have like no other options aside from, I don't know, like Brett Ripien and Joe Flacco, maybe I'd take Kirk over those guys in fantasy this week. But there are a lot of guys who I would put ahead of Kirk Cousins. Another running back group who I'm sitting this week, the LA Rams, they have been another group that's been a nightmare to to manage this year. They're playing Monday night football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, the Buccaneers run defense did take a hit when they lost Vita Vea for the rest of the season. I mean, they're still pretty good defense. And given that Sean McVay is another guy who generally goes with the hot hand, it could be a Daryl Henderson week. It could be a Malcolm Brown week. We could have a miracle, and it's a Cam Akers week because he really hasn't done anything. I think the Rams running backs are way too unpredictable to start. Now, I have wide receiver going back to the Indianapolis Colts. Michael Pittman. He had a very good week against the Tennessee Titans last week, and he was a common waiver wire ad for week 11. But I don't think this is really the week to start him. He had seven receptions for 101 yards against the Tennessee Titans. But if Jair Alexander is healthy, Jair is going to shut him down, I think. 
Now, I like Michael Pittman coming out of college. A lot of player comparisons said very similar to Mike Evans, and I personally agree with that. But I don't know. I don't know if I like Michael Pittman with there being some uncertainty around T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, if he is playing and Jair Alexander is playing, Well, if T.Y. misses the game and Jair Alexander is playing, definitely don't start Michael Pittman. I really do not like that matchup. If you need an emergency wide receiver and Jair and T.Y. are playing, I'd consider it. But from a matchup perspective, I do not like it this week. Next week, the Indianapolis Colts have the Tennessee Titans again. I'd like that. Beyond this week, I really like Michael Pittman. Just against the Green Bay Packers, it's not a good matchup. I would not want a part of it. Then a tight end, the guy who I'm sitting, Jonu Smith from the Tennessee Titans. He's touchdown dependent. Like so many tight ends this year, Mark Andrews included in that. Against the Baltimore Ravens, it's a matchup that I don't exactly love. Because he's a touchdown-dependent tight end, I mean, I've said it multiple times in this podcast already, tight end has been a mess this year outside of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. But Jonu Smith, I don't know, I think he's... He's more of a bench tight end now. If he's your backup, that's probably better. All right. So in this episode, we talked about the stars of week 10, talked about what you should be doing to prepare for the playoffs or make that playoff push. Then finally, we talked about some players who I think you should start and sit in week 11. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to like and follow. I'd like to thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week.